Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As a plant-based cheese company, Dea has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Dea cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef. Because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products. Like buying back your Ikea items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Rob Weaver, Technical Editor-in-Chief. Joining me today to discuss the recent Mountain Bike World Championships in Leger, France, is our technical writer, Luke Marshall, and senior technical editor, Alex Evans. In this episode, we're going to take a look at how the weekend unfolded and dig into any technical detail we've managed to spot while watching all of the incredible racing. But first off, Luke, how are you getting on? Are you up to anything exciting at the minute? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Robin. Um, this week, actually, while the World Championships was on, uh, I spent my weekend at the Malvern's Classic Festival. So, oh, nice. uh, so cool. yeah, that was good fun, taking in the sights and sounds of that. Um, working on the MBK stand there. Um, we had some uh, goodie bags and some merchandise to give out. Watched a few of the events. It was always fun watching the uh, the lake ride and um, first time in a long time. Watched the dirt jump competition, which was, yeah, those guys are incredible. So it was uh, no, a fun weekend all around. Watching, nice. not competing. Definitely watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a. Uh, I was asked <laughs> no why I wouldn't hit the jumps or straight airs. Or <laughs> I was asked why I wouldn't hit those jumps. I had to be very honest. I was far too scared to ever go over them. So, yeah, not. Nice. Uh, I keep my wheels on the ground. I think I'm quite renowned for Luke's don't. Yeah, Luke's don't fly really. <laughs> Luke does not fly. <laughs> <laughs> but Al, there's a very good reason why you're here, right? Tell us about your weekend. Yeah, so I was I was lucky enough to go to the Leger 2022 Mountain Bike World Championships, uh, which is so far the first and only World Championships I have ever attended uh, in both a spectator or competitor capacity. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm still waiting for the, the competitor invite. 
Um, I have heard you can enter Aren't on the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I brought my bike. I brought my gloves. I brought brought my uh, brought my helmet just in case you know they needed someone to someone to fill in. But um, and your checkbook. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, t- turns out turns out I wasn't wasn't needed at, at the race, which is a bit bit disappointing, really. Um, it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was amazing. Um, managed to watch a, a good good majority of of the crowds um, and you know the antics from the weekend. It uh, turns out it's actually quite hard to watch the racing when you're at a race. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever been to like a large-scale mountain bike event. Um, the atmosphere is amazing. The crowds are amazing. Uh, but when it's like nine people deep the whole way down the downhill track, it's really tricky to uh, it's really tricky to actually watch it. And then when the finish line is, you know, super overcrowded with people, uh, both the cross country and the downhill, um, it's you know it's quite it's quite hard to keep in check. <laughs> Um, so I didn't actually know who'd won some of the stuff until I checked afterwards because it was just that really? that mental, yeah, <laughs> absolutely mental. Um, but it was it was incredible, amazing, you know, amazing time out there. Um, yeah, f- first 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 world champs. Nice. Yeah. And well, I guess um, maybe we should probably all make the effort next year, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it would be amazing. Um, uh, I mean, you know, it's in Scotland, right? So. Um, you know, I mean, local I, for you. yeah. Well, I, actually, yeah. The, the cross country is is quite literally on my door step. Hopefully, not not on the door. Hopefully, they're not not pulling that off and building a North Shore feature out of it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> can you sell um yeah. set some seats up on your roof, Al, and start uh, selling tickets for a bird's eye view? Yeah. Well, I mean, me, me and uh, me and my partner Harriet, we've been talking about should we rent our house out for this? We're like, you know, and I don't know. So I don't you know, guys just sleep in the tent in the garden. Yeah, or just a van, or I don't know, under a hedge or something. We'll see. <laughs> you might be racing oh, nice. next year, Al. You never know. You might get the call up. Yeah, well, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I did get a second place on Strava early earlier this week. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe British Cycling will have will have taken note of that. Yeah, or maybe return some of those letters you send them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Finally, reply. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, begging, begging for a place. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, should well, we, should like we you ask how weekend. you've been doing, oh, Robin? Oh yeah, good you idea. You don't need to do that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, so you, I obviously saw you at the weekend, Luke, because yeah. uh, I brought the family along to the Malvins on the Saturday. They had a great time razzing around on their bikes, going on the rides multiple times that they could go on the rides, and then watching some of the racing. Um, my son gave amazing commentary to the dirt jumping which I think uh, some of some of his descriptions of their tricks should maybe be brought into the mainstream, I think. So rather than a 360, he, uh, he, would, he would say they're doing a roundabout. Daddy, look, they've done a roundabout, which I thought was wicked. <laughs> Much better. But it got to a point when any time one of them didn't do a backflip, they were very disappointed oh, and were keen to just pretty much just wander off. The interest had gone. You know, it was like, oh, yeah, no, that guy's not as good as that one before. So we're done now. We're off. There's trampolines up there. So you need to take us, which is fine. That's a, that's a, but they had, everyone had a good time. That's a pretty high standard uh, to, to, to reach. Oh, didn't do a backflip. Nah, not, not interested. Yeah, out. Next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when Luke didn't even bother rolling in the start. Yeah, right. We were, we were yeah. packing up into the car and off home we went. Yeah, I'm still training Sorry. for my ice cream eating competition. I think I've got that hands down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is this why they call Good you a time. stone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they, they wouldn't <laughs> let me in the lake uh, riding because uh, it's worried I would just sink. Sink a- and displace all the water. <laughs> there wasn't much water in there. No, exactly. That's why they wouldn't let me in. Luke falls in, the water falls out. <laughs> there was, uh, yeah, yeah. Our dry conditions has seemingly uh, evaporated most of that lake. So anyone that went in generally fell through the few inches of water that there was into the mud beneath. There was a lot of muddy guys trying to do that lake riding competition, which is pretty funny. Sounds like a, sounds like an awesome event because, you know, I mean, the Morvans is one of the most iconic uh, mountain bike events in the UK, actually. So it's great that it's yeah. carrying on and that, you know, MBUK is part of it. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, Luke and I were working out at the weekend. We used to go, I think the first one we went to was maybe 95. Wow. Quite some time ago. I don't know what that says, you know, about us being as old as we are, I guess. But yeah, it was nice to go back. It was a good vibe. Loads of stuff going on. Really busy. Loads of industry people there. Loads of new bikes, bits and pieces. All the retro bikes were there, which was really cool to see. Yeah, it was really, cool. It was a really cool soon event. as well on the retro bikes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. There probably was less new tech there though than where Alex was. Oh, good segue, Luke. Oh, there we are. Solid effort there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Shall we get stuck into the racing? So one of the, I suppose, well, the newest but lesser known, less popular event, the first one that kicked off the weekend would have been the electric mountain bike cross-country world championship race, which featured, I don't know if you're aware of this, Peter Sagan, no less. Yeah. The... uh famous road rider who um is known to love riding mountain bikes and doing wheelies and all that sort of malarkey he he actually finished i think 15 no 16 16 uh, beaten by the australian josh carlson um and it was another yeah a french runner in the men's jerome Gilou, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, so I'd say I'd say you're pretty yeah. good there. Yeah. Okay, and then and then uh, Nicole Goldie, yeah. a Swiss rider, won the women's. Um, so I think first question: How you were there? Did you go and watch this? Uh, I think I actually might have accidentally missed the uh, the EMTB cross country racing. Um, genuinely, okay. but by accident. Um, uh, mountain bikers are renowned for not having the best timekeeping slash organizational skills, and I fall <laughs> firmly into that category. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, obviously, I, I know what it, I know what the, the race is. It's kind of a, it's an interesting discipline because you know when you think of EMTB racing, the first thing that comes to my head is the Enduro World Series E, so the EWS E, mm. um, which is you know a winch and plummet where you, you know, like rally driving, like normal um, EWS racing, basically where you have the time stages on the way down plus one or two power stages, which are climb stages. But cross-country EMTB is slightly different. It, it's more of a, an electronically assisted replica of the standard cross-country style racing, whether that be short track, XCO, um, whatever, where the tracks have a real mix of up and down in their laps and you do multiple laps. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's definitely an interesting format. And there was quite a lot of talk over the weekend of, you know, on the one hand, it is really cool and you get massive names like Sagan, as you say, who's, you know, there like flipping heck, you know, I mean, him and Pidcock are probably some of the some of the largest names outside of the standard mountain biking um, community to attend the Mountain Bike World Champs this year. Because Pidcock won it in Leo again, didn't he? Yes. This, this event. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Um, 
So you know, it's it's like um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, whether the format works, I don't know. Um, I mean, all the motors have like a nominal a two hundred and fifty watt power, um, but torque varies, bike weight varies, rider weight varies. Um, it, it's just a it's it's an interesting one. It's it's really really quite an interesting one. Um, and batteries vary as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then, so some might be able to rinse it around on turbo is that right or do they regulate the batteries in any way um i actually don't know that but i presume they don't um because you know there are i mean e-bike systems bosch and shimano's 625 and 630 watt hour batteries are pretty close to each other but i know some people were riding the 750 power tube bosch batteries um, and shimano don't make a 751 there are aftermarket mm. batteries that yeah, there's like a 720, I think, for Shimano motors. And there's maybe a 900. Well, no, there's 900 because I've got one. Um, so, yeah, it's all a bit like, it's all a bit interesting. Um, and Because they're all riding the, the full-powered bikes, right? We're not yeah. seeing any of the newer, lighter weight bikes coming in. Not yet, anyway. No, not yet. And I guess they'd have to make up the, the deficit in power with, with leg power. So, you know, say you've got a um, specialized Turbo Levo, uh, Turbo Levo, Levo SL, and what does that put out? Like 35 Newton meters, is it? Mm-hmm. 35 Newton meters, whereas a Shimano EPA yeah. is 85. Um, suddenly you've got significantly more consistent torque on the Shimano bike. Okay, it's heavier. Um, you know, so it's, it is, you know, it's, it's quite, a, quite an interesting discipline. Um, it's not to take but anything away from think, the winner. I was going to say, do you think bikes like the Orbea Rise, which can pump out 60 Newton meters of torque, but are significantly lighter. Do you think we'll ever see those creeping in there? Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe that's like a good bet. Or, or would you go kind of the other way and get, take your take your Brose motor or your Bosch motor or your Shimano EPA, whatever, um, and then strip the bike back? So, you know, you've got your enduro bike style frame, but you've put cross-country wheels on it, cross-country everything, bar mm. the motor and battery. And suddenly you've got a really lightweight bike Okay, you might get a puncture, you know, but that's, that's I guess, the, the risk. Um, I guess it's the same yeah, as so with most motorsports, isn't it? It's the power to weight ratio is a huge factor in in the performance of the bike, if you know what I mean, oh, yeah, and the rider and the bike. So um, what you yeah. can do to blend, get the, the most power and the least weight together, and you say these, you might get be a disadvantage with a lightweight e-bike but it doesn't have the power if you know what i mean mm. it will be interesting um discipline to see how it branches off and specializes if it does yeah and i kind of wonder like what additional um controls they might put in place you know whether there's a, a lower a lower weight limit and whether you know rider power is even taken into account and rider weight because you know say you've got a 50 kilo person and a 70 kilo person riding the same bike i mean the 50 kilo person is going to have a much better, faster time than the 70 kilo person. You know, not not necessarily at the max speed, but up to the acceleration, you know, how quickly they get up to that top speed and how long they can sustain it for, um, given the motor's assistance, it is going to be, is going to be uh, easier for them over the heavier person. I guess they could um, probably get away with a lighter battery if, you know, a, a lighter rider mm-hmm. uses less battery power over the same time as such. So yeah, you can exactly. And, and the, that's exactly what Nico Vrios was doing at the um, Enduro World Series e-bike racing. He basically had the smallest capacity battery that he could get away with, 
to run on the maximum assistance that he could also get away with to balance bike weight, rider power, etc. Um, you know, and he said like the best weight for e-bike uh, enduro racing is to be as light as possible, basically. You know, he was kind of aiming for sub sub 70 kilos, um, which is light. You know, that's light for, for, for the type of sport that it is. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So we think it's here to stay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I say, there's kind of like murmurs on the ground of like they need to they need to mix the format up. They maybe need to make it more like the EWSE, um, more gravity gravity fueled, or even have a have an additional discipline that's not yeah. not a lycra um, centric discipline, and you know have it more like the winch and plummet style. Um, but you know maybe we'll see next year when. Um, Potentially, all of the world champs are of every discipline, including enduro, because there's no enduro donations, enduro of nations on the calendar next year. So it's safe to assume that maybe the enduro is coming to coming to the to Scotland for the for their you know world champs hosting. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd be really cool. I mean, the more disciplines, the better, right? It's, it's great for the sport. Exactly, exactly. That's what I think. And um, speaking of maybe uh, lesser known or, or potentially a little less popular disciplines there was the short trek cross-country race on friday which uh the french rider pauline ferrand Prevost dominated in the women's category and the new zealand cross-country star sam gaze won in the men's now let's not um dwell on this too much because i think we should just probably jump straight into the olympic cross-country which was on sunday and it was actually a really exciting race um if we start with the the women's category again provoked pretty much dominated this and won by a, a decent margin over the Swiss rider Yolanda Neff and followed by Haley Batten um, from the US. Yeah. But I think what we should probably talk about here is some of the tech that we saw on Yolanda Neff's bike, which was actually on um, Nino Scherter's bike, but we'll talk about Nino in a bit. But Al, you you actually saw this firsthand, so maybe you're the best person to kind of kick things off with what it is and what it does. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I managed to managed to lay eyes on the proverbial beast whilst I was out in the Alps. Um, so basically, it it looks like a new drivetrain system from from SRAM. Um, you know, it, it assists the whole it's a whole package from from what I can tell. Um, which includes derailleur, cassette, chain. Um, not sure, um, kind of on details yet. I mean, beyond beyond what what I can see. I mean, you can obviously see quite a bit. Um, first thing that strikes you basically is that there's no longer a derailleur hanger. That's kind of the the thrux of it. So the derailleur looks to mount directly to either the frame or the bike's axle, rear wheel axle, um, via um, a, a sandwich kind of mounting thing where the derailleur's mount is either side of the drive side rear dropout. Um, and, you know, it's, it's quite interesting um, because basically SRAM's gone and removed the derailleur hanger from bikes, um, you know, which is arguably quite a big step seeing as we've been so hanging is, things off hangers. Was the hanger not introduced for the reason of protecting the frame or the mech that that would break first before the two expensive parts? 
Yeah, so it's the... So this is the universal Dralia hanger that Shram brought out in 2019, right? Well, I, yeah, well, I guess, assume all Dralia hangers had that original idea, wasn't it? Like, I guess that, that, Megs sure. used to bolt directly to a frame on the, on the dropout on the frame. But if you bent that or snapped that off, then it was kind of like the frame that would be a yes. bit of a write-off. Yeah, your, your, old, your old steel frames or uh, a bike that's coming to memory... Uh, which is quite frustrating when you're not very good with uh, fixing things to bikes, is the Orange 222. Had, I didn't say that one. That oh, had my the, Lord. The, the amount of helicoils I had to wedge into mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when you're six helicoils deep and you're, you're drilling an M15 <laughs> bolt into the, into the back <laughs> of your frame, it's, uh, yeah, it's bad times. So, so yeah, the, the, the Duralia hanger is, is basically the, the sacrificial lamb for the, the expensive Duralia. Um, then I guess... Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. So, so I guess with with this new derailleur, SRAM has figured out a way whereby you don't need a sacrificial lamb anymore. Um, you know, the, but this is in relation to that that universal one that they brought out. Sure, okay. A few years so, ago, right? so yeah, yeah. Re- rewind a bit, basically. Um, and the universal derailleur hanger was released by SRAM at Eurobike in 2019. Um, and the idea of that was that a um, if you damage or replace your derailleur hanger, it's just one in the whole world rather than eight million or however many there may be um, currently or now previously. There's probably half that now, seeing as lots of brands have adopted the UDH. Um, it had a small amount of um, rotation or swivel in it. So if you did hit your derailleur, the hanger um, didn't snap. It actually ro- allowed your derailleur to rotate backwards out of the way of, of an impact. Um, so you know, rather than it just snapping straight away, you might actually still be able to ride. Um, but then also because it's a standard piece of equipment on all bikes with the same spacing, the same layout, blah, 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 it makes uh, setting your drivetrain up easier and quicker. Um, so, it, you know, it looks like this new derailleur system from SRAM, um, currently unnamed, we don't know what it's called. Um, do I mean, we know what the derailleur is called, it's a derailleur, right? But, the <laughs> you know, the overall name of the system looks to be compatible with bikes that are uh, UDH bikes, basically. I mean, I can't confirm that for sure. I wasn't able to take any back wheels off any of the bikes that I spotted. You know, I wasn't like... They didn't let you do that. No, I, I wasn't wasn't jumping in front of, uh, of Yolanda <laughs> or, or Nino on, on their race just to have a, just to have a spy shot. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, guys, yeah. give us your bike. Yeah, please. Uh, please just, just stop on the middle of your race run. I need to take your back wheel out. Uh, it's, I'm a journalist, okay? <laughs> um, don't you know who i am yeah exactly. that was on your no, t-shirt no right, is the answer it? yeah <laughs> do you know who i am no no i don't know who you are so please move out of the way little man um <laughs> so yeah anyway um you know it, it looks to mount directly directly to to the axle or frame um and you know i'll be honest with you just from the pictures and seeing it in real life it, it looks quite strong um you know it's it, this like uh clevis style or like um, dual-sided sandwich mount that's basically a loop around around the mounting point. It's quite chunky, you know, it's quite thick. Um, but what that also does is if you think currently you've got the derailleur hanger that sits directly beneath the axle and then the derailleur that bolts onto the side of the derailleur hanger. So getting rid of the derailleur hanger, the derailleur now bolts directly beneath the axle. So everything is quite a bit more inboard than it currently is, you know, on all current generation derailleurs. So I guess they're thinking that um, not only is it stronger because, you know, I've assumed it looks stronger, but um, it's less likely to hit things because it's it's more out of the way. Um, you know, and as much as people do moan about derailleurs, they're actually pretty good now. Like, 
you know, I've got an access derailleur on, on my bike that has a standard derailleur hanger. Um, and every ride, it's got a new scratch mark dent on it, but it's still straight and it still shifts. So. I wonder if it will stiffen that connection up as well and potentially make shifting more accurate or more accurate for a longer amount of time, maybe. Yeah, potentially. And, and this is another interesting thing when you look a little closer at, at the derailleurs on these people's bikes. There are actually, from what we can see at least, no uh, limit screws and no B-tension gap screw. So no B-tension adjustment screw. Um, so, you know, whether there's maybe a, another means of setting the derailleur's limit um, or, you know, speculatively, maybe it doesn't need setting up. Um, because, you know, okay, thinking back to the universal derailleur hanger, they standardised the spacing, the gap, um, you know, all, de- all universal derailleur hangers are the same size. All frames are designed to fit this way. Therefore, you know, you could maybe speculate that the derailleur just bolts onto the frame. And that is probably it. an app. It's all apps now, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably, you've got to probably download an app and it's probably got tune, press tune. Then you have to put in your date of birth and log in and, and, and <laughs> do all that 15 times. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg will be over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Bill Gates. Yeah. Do, yeah. Cheers, guys. Do we reckon we'll see this rollout on like or? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, model lines of whenever this new system is released like I guess it's going to start at the highest spec X01, XX1 will it filter down to GX and NX systems you reckon or would you reckon they still keep the radio hanger and the traditional system because I don't know it's just, I still am very apprehensive about having a mech bolt directly onto a frame i can't remember a bike in the last four years that i haven't been twisted snap the mech hanger if you know what i mean that's that's the like i still puzzling to get my head around how this is uh, not going to damage either the mech or the frame yeah i mean that's a a really interesting question you know i mean at the moment we've only seen access um electronic wireless derailleurs on on these people's bikes um, I couldn't see any downhill bikes with with this new system on it. Um, I was looking very hard between being scared of all of the fans and chainsaws and cowbells and fireworks and rockets. 
but I promise I was I was trying to be a journalist. Um, I don't know. I mean, SRAM does have um, a history of trickle down technology. Um, you know, GX being the latest to get access treatment. Um, I mean, I suppose a safe assumption is anything accessed currently will go to the new system. Um, anything mechanical, I don't. I genuinely don't have the foggiest idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and you know, it's 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 the right question to ask. What what will break next? Um, you know, if anything. Um, I mean. I know we were going to talk about Nino Scherter in a little bit, but um, he did actually crash in his race run and he crashed onto the drive side of his bike. And okay, he only slid down a, you know, a, a grassy, grassy turn. Um, but, you know, there were rocks in the grass and the ground was super baked hard, like it hadn't rained for months out in Leger. And he got straight back on his bike and he went to win. Um, went on to win, sorry. So, you know, I mean, he wasn't injured, but neither was his bike broken. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Verdict's out there. Um, I mean, until we try this stuff, you know, mm. we, we can't possibly say. Um, but, you know, I, I guess Stram are pretty confident that um, it's at least going to work well enough that the now 10-time uh, <laughs> cross-country world champion, not including his under-23 or junior results, this is 10, 10 elite world championship wins, um, is able to, to race on it without it being an issue. Um, I mean, he's he's always been an early adopter of tech, though, hasn't he, old Nino? He was he was he was one of the first on access mm-hmm. when it first was around. He was winning on it. I think nearly a year ahead of it, ahead of it being launched, yeah. which is pretty impressive because he was yeah he's obviously that confident in it. So yeah, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how this how this plays out. Um, while we're still talking about it, I don't know how accurate the photos or how much detail I can actually get from those pictures. But am I right in thinking the cassettes may be a bit different too? Yeah. So th- this, this was the thing I was, I was very, felt like a Cheshire cat when I spotted this. Um, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't able to, to kneel down at someone's bike and count the, count the cassette, the cassette sprockets, but the jump between the biggest and second biggest cassette sprockets seems to have decreased. So, so that's currently 42 to 52, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, yeah, I, I don't know what that is in terms of percentage, but it's 10, 10 teeth gap, um, which yeah. is, you know, a fair jump. Um, and I think, you know, one of the criticisms of, of SRAM cassettes versus the Shimano equivalent, which is 45 to 51, or is it 46? I can't remember. 46, I think. 46 to 51 teeth is that the jump is quite a bit bigger. And, and you know, you do notice it when you ride the two systems back to back. You generally spend a lot more time in gear two when you're climbing on a Shimano cassette than you would a SRAM one. So, you know, you, you just need to look at these and yes, you can see the the, the jump between the two has decreased. Um, but I'm not sure whether the overall number of teeth has increased again. I don't know whether they're still, you know, whether they're 52 or whether they've gone up to 53, 54, whatever, and whether that, you know, the whole lot has just got bigger. Mm. Um, it's hard to say. Um, but it is worth pointing out that the teeth on the cassette are now very similar to the GX and um, XO1 uh, chain rings, where the, the teeth are like polished silver. Okay. Um, which is another little little detail. Um, you know, you can just see it on the picks. They kind of shine. The teeth shine, whereas the rest of the cassette body is coated in the in a black a black finish, which I presume is like a hard finish coating. Um, so yeah, the teeth like on a, the cassette are now different. 
Maybe that's like to reduce friction or anything, just the polished surface just reduces friction. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, it could well be. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean... I wish I, I wish I knew. <laughs> um, Flat top chain as well, right? Yeah, which um, uh, is, has been taken. The design has been inspired, I guess, by the um, red ETAP access um, chains. But um, mm. technical senior technical writer Simon Bromley, who is um, the ultimate um, aficionado of road riding tech, pointed out to me that the red ETAP chains, the flat top ones don't have gaps or like, sorry, um, hollowed out sections in the outer chain link spaces and the outer chain link pieces, sorry. But the new mountain bike um, black box stuff does. Um, So the chains look to be um, potentially lighter weight than the road ones, which is, uh, which is interesting. Um, so that's a cool little, cool little tidbit sponsored, uh, sponsored, <laughs> spotted, spotted wow. by Simon. Excuse me. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. Very exciting. Um, yeah. Big brand like that launching something or not launching something, but I guess semi showcasing it. Yeah. Showing it to the world. Such a, such a big stage is yeah. obviously, yeah, some big intentions there. Um, I know we've kind of drifted off it a little bit, but. Provo one on a hardtail on what looked like a really quite tough cross-country track. Yeah. Does this mean she's either one of the most incredible bike handlers in the world, which arguably she obviously is, but also are we going to be seeing more hardtails creeping back in, we think? Because I don't think I saw a single one in the men's race, and she was maybe one of the only one in the women's on one. Oh, and especially because BMC have got a new full suspension bike too, right? Yes. That was kicking around. <laughs> yes, it was. So I've seen a picture. Yeah, I've seen it. a picture, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, I, I know that, that there was a, an interview on one of our competitors' websites with Pauline, um, and, you know, she's also put this all over our Instagram, where she's been actively trying to improve her bike riding skills. You know, she's been riding bike park with Cecile Ravenel. She's been riding, you know, more enduro-style riding. Um, and that's obviously obviously uh paying off i mean you know the the, the leger world cup uh, cross country world cup track it was gnarly uh, you know okay it's down a grass field but it's a rough bumpy grass field that's slippery as hell um you know uh, and then the bits in the woods were like super rooty super gnarly um sorry tom pidcock but you crashed twice in the same place um just saying so you know it, <laughs> flat tire as well though yeah well we'll let them get away with a flat tire yeah um and you know there were like dodgy rock gardens um you know yeah it, it was gnarly and she did she did a massively impressive job i mean you know i don't mm. think i could ride it that quickly that well ever i mean you know it's something like that you'd, you'd just hope that you'd maybe be able to do um incredible incredible riding absolutely amazing but are we going to see more hardtails? Oh, yeah, that think? was a question. Oh, I don't know, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I probably don't think so. I think that was a bit of a... After the difficult season she's had already, I kind of she focused on that one race, I think, was her big goal. Um, I think she probably just made every sacrifice possible to give her the best chance to win that one. I think um, yeah. a, a standard World Cup season. I think it's probably less... It's probably more forgiving on the body, and you're maybe able to race race after race after race, probably on a on a full suspension bike. I think if you, I know they used to race every race on a cross country on a hardtail. Um, mm. I don't know these days if it will 
make that trend. I think the tracks are still getting a bit gnarlier and they're still getting rougher and faster. And, and so I think the, the full suspension cross country bike is probably there to stay. I think it was just a, okay. a, I reckon, a one off, one off special. Let's do whatever we can to win that race. And yeah, like you say, it is. It was a gnarly track, gnarly track, uh, gnarly course. But there was, I guess, the climbing was relatively smooth. If you know what I mean. Um, and brutal as well. I mean, it was savage. That the steepness of those climbs it was not portrayed well on the camera. Um, and it, wasn't the first one called the never-ending climb. Yeah. I mean, straight away, I'd be turning around and rolling back down <laughs> yeah. to wherever they put you up in the the GB hotel or the GB tents or, or whatever they pay for. I'm not sure, but yeah, God, that sounded horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm out as well. I'd, I'd have tapped out. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm just going over. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm maxed out. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. I'm just going to cry here for yeah. a while. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Get the bungee onto Tom Pincock and see if he can yeah. drag on the hill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, just on, on Pauline's win. Uh, it, it was just under two minutes she beat Yolanda by, um, you know, which is a big margin. That's a big, big margin. Um, yeah. And she, I mean, you look back over her record, she's won multi-disciplines, road, I think road. Is it right? Road, yeah, she, uh, cyclocross. cyclocross. Yeah. I think she's one of the only people to do all three, to hold all yep. three world titles at the same time. Hey? Yeah. Which is what wow. I think Tom Pidcock did set out this year to try and achieve, didn't he? But yeah. came up a bit short with mountain biking. Yeah. Still. Um, but he, 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 Yeah, it was a hell of an effort. It was. And he came from like, what was it, 54th on the grid or 64th? Like fifth like row start, yeah, 50, 54th yeah. Yeah. on the grid. And, and I even saw in like, um, I don't know if you guys follow in like Nino's, Insta post, but I think he he said he set out at the start to uh, put a really high pace at the start to make it difficult for Tom to come through the pack. Because if if those guys are going hard, think how hard, how extra hard you have to go to try and catch yeah. them. If you know what I mean, so yeah, yeah. they get to catch up thirty seconds or so to get there, and you can imagine which, by the time which you... he managed, he managed, and then oh, he, he sat even sat in first place and did multiple attacks. But that energy that he he used to to get to the front of the of the pack, I guess, was just was just a bit too much, I suppose. And he couldn't just couldn't it's, keep it. It sounds like he he'd had the same bug that Laurie Greenland had maybe had as well. Mm. He'd had some sickness bug as well. So, you know, he's come off the back of winning the European champs. He's still probably not feeling, I don't know, as sprightly as he could. Yeah. And then he gets sick, and then. He's starting so far back and he know and obviously Nino knows he's the guy to beat. So yeah. drops the hammer from the get-go. And it's not just like anyone dropping the hammer, it's yeah, you know, <laughs> Nino Shirt dropping the hammer. Yeah. So Yeah. It's, it's not like yeah. you, me or you, me or Luke dropping the hammer where we might go like half a kilometer quicker, a half a kilometer an hour quicker. Yeah, these guys I was gonna say half a kilometer. Yeah. Yeah. If I drop the hammer, I've got about half a kilometer in me and then I'm done. <laughs> And then you'll be picking it up pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. 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 The hammer is coming back off the floor. Yes, agreed. <laughs> so back to what you were saying about the hardtail thing and how it was potentially a one-off. If we go to the other end of the spectrum, it brings me nicely onto the men's cross country. Again, we won't go too much into the results, but as we've already said, Nino won. And if you look at his bike, aside from that negative rise, one piece, bar stem which is pretty extreme the, the bike itself is actually it's almost verging on a what we'd now call like a down country bike right mm. so kind of 
between cross country and trail. You know, he's he's using, I think it's a hundred and twenty mil fork to match the one twenty mil rear that he of suspension he's got there, and then he uses the stouter thirty five mil upper tubes on the you know the bigger SID versus the super light one, um, relatively big. I guess two point four tires. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll be like Aspens or something like that. Max's Aspens, so they roll really quick. But still, it's a long way. It feels like it's a long way from the more traditional bikes we would have seen maybe just I don't know six, seven, eight years ago. Hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if uh, and and then you see like a second place finisher who's uh, terrible. I can't remember his name, but I, I am very very tired at the moment, so I've got an excuse. He, he he's a very tall guy and his his bike um looked too small for him basically and um he's on the bh um, yes yes um, um valero and his last name's valero i can't pronounce the first ones okay well well done luke thank you for that um you know he, he was massive uh nicely i mean you know he's a very tall guy um and his his bike you know his bike did look too small for him um so it's interesting that, you know, like you say, Nino's riding a bigger, slightly more extreme bike, a bit more travel, chunkier this, chunkier that. You're like, well, maybe that is the way to go if they're making them light enough to keep that power versus weight ratio there. And, um, you know, what is the what is the disadvantage? I mean. Yeah. And he, he's not even running, you know, one of those super minimal drop posts. He's got, I think he's at least 100 mil mm. of travel on his dropper post rather than you know some of the guys out there with 40 50 maybe 60 mil mm. so he's he can you know significantly drop it get it properly out of the way and we all know that nino's a proper demon on the descents isn't he yeah loves a good tweak as well on the jump as we saw loves it loves a nice kick out turn bar yeah. again that was yeah, uh, i don't know if you were again like following his uh his social feeds or his interviews after the race even possibly he was where he stated that it was hard to get away, so he he tried to ride as fast as he could on the descents to force uh, David Valera into a mistake, which he, which yeah. he made, if you know what I mean. And I guess having that extra um, travel lower dropper post just allows you to kind of attack the descents a bit faster. And I guess your competitors that maybe don't have as much you know comfort room for error on their slightly maybe twitchier cross-country bikes it's it's easier for them to make a mistake than it would be for nino and he did he pulled out an eight nine second lead and and held it to the finish right towards the end wasn't it yeah, yeah. it's on the last lap last descent it's actual last technical descent and he, he said yeah he went he, he tried to push it down there to um to force his competitors into making mistakes and and then just watching how hard he was sprinting right at the end on those last few you know those last few uphill turns mm. to ensure he kept that gap I was nearly being sick in my mouth just watching the TV. <laughs> Heart palpitations, just like oh yeah. my god! <laughs> yeah. I struggled well, to get as much mile bars. Or, I struggled to get as much miles bar in as I as I would normally do. It was a... <laughs> exactly, exactly. I had to get my wife in to come and throw some water over. Me to cool down. <laughs> I thought I was gonna, I was gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Energy blocks on a drip feed. <laughs> I'm all sticky. I've covered. She just poured Lucasade on my head. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was yeah incredible to watch and obviously he's more than happy to sacrifice a bit of extra weight knowing that his bike's going to handle all yeah. of that stuff a bit better which is really interesting to see and it's going to be cool to watch how potentially other riders will 
maybe adopt that. Yeah, but he has yeah, that. Definitely. I guess they run the um, the Scots twin lock system though, which is effectively puts gives him two bikes yeah. as such. So, so that like the twin lock system, it doesn't just lock out the shock. It changes the leverage ratio of the shock, shortens the travel to 160, adjusts the geometry of the bike so it doesn't sit so deep into the sack. So, and you can lock it out fully as well. So it's just a rigid, or he's got like a a, a bike with a higher like bottom a bracket. House, isn't it? Yeah, so 60 yeah, mil yeah. travel, higher bottom bracket, steeper head angle, steeper seat tube angle for pedaling. You know, with a firmer platform for like I guess climbing if he doesn't want if off road climb, and then on the descents like just for that aggressiveness he can get yeah, like open up to 120 have a slacker head angle have a lower bottom bracket drop his post out of the way it's it's quite a clever system like that the scott twin lock mate I, I, if, you've if, just justified all of the levers on scott's twin lock i don't know how you've managed to do it yeah so many of their bikes have the system and you've just justified it well done luke yeah <laughs> i don't mind i had the scott <laughs> with that system on you know and uh you do use it when you ride them you use it all the time yeah, yeah. Just don't, um, just don't look at it. I was going to say that. Yeah, don't look at it, yeah. All the cables at the front. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But anyway, it, it did make me think, though, it's relatively simple and effective how that whole thing operates. But do you ever think that a company like RockShox will adapt the flight attendant system, so the automated suspension system that they have, which essentially controls the compression damping and is able to you know, firm it up or fully lock it out as and when the terrain demands it. At the minute, we're only seeing that on sort of longer travel trail or enduro bikes. But there's obviously a weight penalty that comes with that. But do you think we're ever going to see that shrunk down to work on a bike like Nino's so he doesn't need to worry about those levers? Yeah, and then I guess that, you know, the weight penalty of having the the lockout and all the cables, you know, I guess some of that will equal itself out with the um, batteries and, you know, motor servos and stuff, um, servo motors, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I die. It'd be cool. It'd be meant, you know, you, you wouldn't, you could literally just literally, you could just concentrate on, on, on your riding. Um, you wouldn't need to think about any of that because it would just do it all for you. Um, I mean, if it was me, I'd probably be so, I don't know, in such a bad place my heart rate through the roof that I'd constantly want to lock out my bike, but end up just putting my saddle down (laughs) and then be riding with my knees around my ankles as I go into the first ascent and and then lock it out and put my saddle up. You have some recent experience with this already. You just did your, your first cross country race in how many years? 25 years, I think it was. First cross country race in 25 years. Would you like to know? There's a reason I left it that long. (laughs) Yeah. But if you had this, uh, if the mystery new tech that doesn't exist yet that we've just speculated will, would you use it? Um, it's a kind of weird one in the sense that I'm so used to riding a bike with more travel. So whenever I jump on a little sort of cross-country bike, it already feels really efficient and like I don't really have much to worry about. And I don't know, I never really felt like I was struggling up the hills in, in terms of how efficient the bike felt. I was struggling up the hills, don't get me wrong. I seriously was. You can ask all the four spectators that were there and they'll tell you, cool, you look bad. But then I look bad on the flat bits as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I mean, that was on a 100, 100 mil travel bike, so maybe it's less of an issue. But I think if we're going down the route of increasing the travel to make it 
handle better so you can deal with those rough sections and uh, make it a more forgiving ride so you can make more mistakes, then yeah, why not? Uh, I have the flight attendant system on a long travel trek slash. And every time I ride it, you do sort of get reminded about how well it works. Yeah. How how effective it is. It is really Being able good. To just yeah. Raz up hills without yeah. going. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, struggling with the back end of the bike bobbing up and down or anything like that. So it always does make me wonder just how effective it could be if you could manage that weight penalty of adding all the component parts you need into a slightly longer travel bike. That was the thing though. At that race that I did, even some of the the straight sort of flat bits were seriously rough, and I sort of feel like almost a hundred mil wasn't forgiving enough where I was trying to pedal going through some of those bits to keep up with some of the bigger guys that were just flat out. I was sort of scrubbing around and, and thinking that, yeah, a little bit more travel wouldn't go amiss maybe, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows what they'll bring out, but I'm sure it must, you know, they're not, they're not silly people who would have crossed their minds. I'm sure. So I guess we'll just have to keep our eyes out and uh, keep sending out all the races. Yeah, I love love that, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have to travel next by next year, though, Al, you're all right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll be, I'll, be taking, uh, I'll be taking the time off, guys. I'm going to be enjoying it. Enjoying just it. get a big lens. Get a big lens, lean out the bedroom window, you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a mirror as well. I'll put, point in the wrong way, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll set up a mirror mm. on my neighbour's house to uh, bounce the bounce the <laughs> light back. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Right. Well, so I think we've covered the cross-country stuff and all the tech-related things there. So now is probably a good time to move on to downhill, mm. where we saw Valley Hole take her first elite women's win, which I think it's fair to say after she dominated for the entire time that she was in the junior category and pretty much won week in, week out, mm. it was maybe a bit of a... Not a shock to the system, but maybe a bit of a struggle when she got when she was up into the elite women's field, and and her consistency hasn't matched that of her junior years. But it feels like we're maybe starting to see her kind of finding her feet again. You know, she just won in Manson Anne the last World Cup round, and she brought that momentum on, and she she properly dominated here. She she pulled out a, a, a killer run on that what looks to be non-production track session. Ooh. Didn't spot that. Well, so we did a bike check on bikeradar.com, no less. Oh, I thought uh, I should Friday. have looked at seeing as I work there. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> you, you were away. It's fine. Okay. No problem. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Luke and I were having a good look at the pictures. And if you look down at the high pivot and the idler, on her bike, where we used to see in that um, that idler wheel sandwiched between the, the tips of the chainstay and almost be fully enclosed, it was completely exposed on the outside of the chainstay. Not sure whether it's slightly bigger or whether it was in a slightly different position to change certain characteristics, not totally sure. But yeah, it was. it didn't look standard. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, those guys are treated some, to some of the coolest paint jobs and her bike did look super cool. And she was almost, she was also um, sporting the black box boxer 
yeah. which I'm sure you saw. Um, so to me, that looks like it's got bigger upper tubes or stanchions. It looks like maybe they're 38 mil. Yes. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, th I think, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think you can just think Zeb, Zeb, but, but dual crown would be my, would be my opinion on it. Um, yeah. So probably the charger three, yeah, the, the damper. I definitely say so. Yeah. Um, I, I think cause the, the boxer currently runs on 35, isn't it? 35 mil stanchions, mm -hmm. um, and has done since yeah. 2010, I want to say. I yeah, believe. I reckon so. Yeah. And before that it was 32 mil stanchions. So Yep. Um, you know, it's had a few changes on the chassis, like a few, you know, updates and, and redesigns. But um, in terms of size, it hasn't hasn't changed. So yeah, going up to going up to thirty eights would thirty eight mil stanchions would definitely definitely seem logical. Um, don't look as beefy as a forty. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, unless they're thirty nine, which thirty seven, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, quite a few riders are riding the boxer actually. Um, the new one, it's you know, it's it's more widely seen now. Definitely, definitely filtering through into the teams rather than just one or two select riders. Because the black box program has always traditionally been the the very top mm. of their sponsored riders, hasn't it? Yeah. I think um, pretty sure Mark Beaumont told us he he had to get top five in a World Cup in order to qualify for the the program, which he did one year in Fort William, and he was really excited about it. He went from the standard sort of uh, I guess that you know that sort of metallic -y tan yeah. color stanchion, or almost grey, uh, and then yeah, the next race he was on the full blacked out as we know it now. Yeah, I suppose and and yeah, loving life. And obviously he won, didn't he? He won on he won on a black box boxer back in the day on, on the Santa Cruz, wasn't it? Did I get that right? On the GT, GT. It was the GT. Sorry, that was right. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Apologies. Yeah. That, Dinky little GT Fury. Mm. Oh, sanction. Um, oh, GT sanction. God bless. Oh, back to that. Jeez. I don't think that any podcast goes by without <laughs> you mentioning that bike. Does it? <laughs> best bike. Best bike ever made. Best bike ever made. Luke, am I right in thinking that um, Valet, along with a few other SRAM support riders, were running something different in terms of their brakes as well? Yeah, so when we got the pictures from Valley's bikes, it, it looked like there was a updated code caliper on there. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a little bit given away in some of the pictures online from the Canyon team. You can see they even had like um, a kind of a mount or a cover over the caliper. So it's hard to kind of see it, but Valley's bike had it exposed. So it looks like at some point there might be a, a new code caliper coming along. Um same lever, though, right? Looks like the same right? lever. Yeah, it looked like the same lever. Um, oh, Alex. Hang on. So uh, uh, maybe maybe we we're going to talk about this later or not, but um, French enduro rider Yannick Pontal, who is part of the uh, SRAM Black Box test pilot team, uh, who races the EWSE, he was hanging about at the World Champs. He also raced the XCEMTB uh, race, and I forgot to mention him earlier. But he was hanging about, riding around on his specialised Turbo Levo with uh, also the new Black Box drivetrain on it. So it's not just reserved for cross-country. Um, okay. So it's on, you know, it's, I've seen it on an e-bike. I didn't actually manage to get any photos of this, 
but uh, Yannick's bike had some very different looking brake levers on it. Um, mm. So um, they kind of had like a, um, in, in the same way that the black box derailleur has like a polished um, like section on it, like it's mostly black, but then there's a polished area. The, the brake levers also had like a, a polished X kind of style area on them. And they were very in, similar in shape to the Magura um, MT seven, eight, or nine, whichever the the super good Magura ones are. That um, you know, the Bruni really races on the seven. Yeah, a seven. Okay, MT seven. Thank you, Luke. Um, so the, the the lever the lever body um, was a similar kind of shape to that in that it mounted mm. directly to the handlebar stuck out in front of the handlebar kind of forwards and then the brake lever was at a right angle to the body. Do you reckon um, they've potentially changed the piston orientation then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, changed it from being horizontal to, mm. to, to kind of um, par- parallel with the bike's direction of travel. Um, so, yeah, he, he was cruising about on this, on this e-bike. Um, like I said, I didn't manage to get any photos. Um, my Nokia 3310 doesn't have a, doesn't have a camera on it. <laughs> <laughs> does have snake though yeah so, yeah uh, I, was, I was just playing on snake um but yeah yeah so didn't he, care about those delayed flights did you no, no snake, snake new high scores four yeah. rounds yeah <laughs> yeah so long that it was just a, a spiral of snake um so yeah he, he was buzzing about on the pits um for everyone to see um not that many people were looking because you know it's kind of like yeah, the interest was very much focused on the on you know but port. your eagle eye spotted them it did that's uh, the main thing yeah now. absolutely yeah yeah so yeah so he had the new black box drivetrain plus these new looking brake levers on there um i wasn't able to get a look at his calipers but maybe it's a safe assumption to make that they could be the new ones that that yeah. valley's got on her bike um but he's also got the brake levers um yeah great um and it was nice to see nina hoffman in second i thought yeah on a v10 yeah very cool yeah yeah, definitely. She she got a mullet on that, or is it a full twenty nine? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But she's obviously going to be excited because she won in Fort William this year, and then obviously mm-hmm. next year, World Champs Fort William Ooh. could be good for her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. So that, that's amazing. And then uh, shout out to Laurie Greenland as well. Whilst we're talking about uh, Santa Cruz riders who uh, I believe broke his foot um, yes. in practice just before the race uh, and came, came to fifth place with a broken foot. Who would have thought it? With an amazing run. Yeah, incredible. Absolute killer run. Yeah, incredible. Uh, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. Mm. Um, we should probably talk about uh, the men's race as well. Uh, and Lewick obviously won his fifth elite men's title in amazing fashion. A kind of, I want to say against the odds, to a degree, everyone knows that he's obviously really good at winning this particular race. But, um, you know, he pulled out Manson and with a, I think Warner said separated shoulder, mm. but I think it's uh, it was a dislocation rather than a separation. I think it was, it was a, dislocation, a dislocation, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a dislocation um, when he tried to put it back in himself, I think, or, or put it back in himself. That is a and, horrible and he's injury. had a bit of a, yeah, he's had a bit of a patchy season, hasn't he, with injury. Um, and unlike Finn, he's still on the same bike, essentially the same bike that he'd been racing for the last year or so. Mm. You know, I, I don't doubt that it's probably not a standard specialized demo that you would 
just go into a shop and buy. I'm sure it's fairly customized um, along with the suspension and everything else. But we know that um, Finn's out there with a bike, which has a bag wrapped around what we can only assume is the linkage and the shop placement and things like that. From the photos I've looked at, it doesn't look like it's maybe a high pivot. It looks like it's a standard sort of regular pivot bike, but I think it's quite interesting to see that, uh, you know, Finn's obviously already had some success on there and spoken quite, um, quite a bit about how, how well he's getting on with the bike. And Luke, obviously Luke decided that because of all of his setbacks this year, he wouldn't step across and onto it because he wouldn't have the time. So to see him, I don't know, not battle adversity because it makes it sound maybe a bit too dramatic, but he's definitely, you know, compared to say maybe Pyrion, mm. he hasn't had the best run. So it was quite incredible to see him up there doing what he did. And by such a big margin as well, you know. Yes. I mean, he, he kind of, I mean, when Troy was sitting in the hot seat and then Bruni came down and, you know, really, really <laughs> beat that time. Um, you know, wow. Amazing. I mean, you know, what what a rider and visibly quicker, smoother, more in control um, than than everyone else. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of it's rider skill, but also a significant bit of that is bike setup, um, mm. you know, suspension, geometry, the whole lot. Um, you know, that, that Olin suspension, um, you know, I guess that the team has worked really, really hard to get that. Um, in the position that it is and it, it can clearly rub shoulders with Fox and Rock Shocks uh, well in this instance beat them um, you know um, it's you know re- really impressive stuff and Luke I think it's fair to say everyone expected the common cell rider Amory Pirion to be on the top step yeah yeah hands down I think he was uh, you would put him as the favourite going in after his success as you mentioned on the World Cup scene this year um, his dominance there um, and he, again, he's a, a rider that seems to thrive on pressure as well and uh, and can lay it down when he needs to. Um, and the new bike's clearly working. The new bike's are clearly working. I can't remember what it was. It's like four common cells in the top five in qualifying or every mm. something like that ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what I, I heard something, I overheard something saying about like common cell success in qualifying was, yeah, like ridiculously high. Um, but the shift to the new design isn't slowing anyone up, is it? No, no, no. Since uh, since they've kind of got on that virtual high pivot bike now, rather than the the single high pivot it was like linkage driven before, and uh, and now the um, say the non factory team such as Duval Commissar, which Benoit Coulange rides rides on, and Camille Blanche rides on back now they're on the that new prototype bike as well. Like all those riders are still, you know, hammering it out there and uh, and getting some great success. So clearly, that new design is is working and and certainly not slowing anyone down. So, do you think it's interesting that it was uh, Lewick on a, you know, what we would deem maybe like a standard, you know, pivot placement versus the two higher pivots? You know, because we we had Amory in second and then Loris on the high pivot or mid to high pivot trek in third. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like, it's it, it, is it the bike? Is it the rider? You know, what if you put Lewick on that trek or that common south? You know, is is there potential to have even more time out of everybody, or is it not so important? Like, is that the mid high pivot 
good and high pivot, like not significantly better than your standard like four bar layout? Is it the suspension? What, what a good question for the listeners yeah. to comment on. They can get in touch, obviously, with podcast at bikeradar.com if they know the answer to that. I'm not sure anyone will, but they should. Yeah. Please do write in, uh, email in. Probably don't write. Could send um, us a letter. Postcards, welcome. Yeah. 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 Um, you and I also spent a lot of time, Luke, looking at pictures of Greg Minard's bike on Friday, didn't we? And I think nothing looked too untoward. We're used to seeing Greg running a different lower link to potentially tweak how progressive his bike is because obviously he probably rides it far harder than the average consumer. But in a similar vein to what we've been talking about with SRAM's drivetrain, there was something different going on with the gearing on Greg's bike, wasn't there? Yeah, so the back of Greg's bike, there is a blacked-out rear mech um that we assume is probably a new shimano saint um downhill drive chain um and there's been rumors of it circulating for a while that uh that shimano had this in the pipeline but it's been yet to be exposed really and um it's been a long time since the the saint group set was updated so um but it was on there um Interesting to see, you know, I mean, what developments come from there. I don't think they've updated the same groups. I know they brought out pedals and things like that in more recent years, but I, I can't recall them properly updating the whole group set since about 2013. So, unless you know otherwise, Al. No, I just, I just about to say that's kind of testimony to performance, maybe. Um, yeah. That, you know, they've had no significant rider feedback where they've been like, my God, this is absolute rubbish, or, you know, it's really good, but needs to be improved here, um, that it's not needed any any significant updates, so why bother? Probably, some of them are probably still running the same cranks, right? Yeah, pro- uh, well, uh, not so sure about the Holotech <laughs> ones. Uh, if they're flat pedal riders, uh, it is possible to actually rub holes in the crank's uh, surface, uh, which I have done. Oh, there you go. Um, there you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so well, maybe not. But I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's a me with my uh, duck feet that rub the cranks away. I have to put inner tubes on all of my pedal cranks to stop them wow. actually rubbing holes through them. Um, well, m- maybe we need to end it on that bombshell then. So yeah. um, I just want to say thank you, Al. No, well, thank you, Rob. You're welcome. And thanks, Luke. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, well done for getting out there, Al, and bringing us some, uh, some cool new... Uh, Hot juicy tips. Yeah, hot juicy yeah. tips, or uh, and spying the tech that is out there. Oh yeah, go on. I've got, I've got uh, one more one more little tidbit for everyone. Well, oh my you just gosh! All me. right, uh, apparently don't turn off everyone. The, don't turn off the um, stomach stomach bug that was going around was apparently because the drinking water levels had got quite low, and um, people were getting dicky tummies from drinking the tap water in Leger, um because the you know, the, the water levels were so low because of the drought, which is it's not a very exciting tip. It's actually a bit sad. Um, but yeah, that's just but it's a, a good insight. Yeah, just interesting. So maybe maybe we'll see teams, you know, in the future, potentially looking at running water purification systems or I don't know, um, could be a, could be another little element to add to the mix. Yeah. So with them, um, nice. I was well, going to say, uh, this oh. will probably come out after, I'm not sure when this goes out, but I was going to say it's found a soul, the final World Cup. This weekend, and um, we're this recording this on Monday, isn't it? 
That's coming out tomorrow. Then it go out tomorrow. Well, it's Tuesday Wonder. today as well, Luke. Cool, blimey. Bloody bank holiday. <laughs> Threw me right off. <laughs> Tuesday today. Goes out on Wednesday. That makes sense. And uh, Okay, so it's Val de Sole World Cup this weekend then. I wonder Final if there's round. any other... Um, if you haven't seen all these bits, then maybe it's a good place to try and uh, watch the coverage online and uh, and see all this stuff for yourself. And it's Red Bull's last hurrah as well. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So. Anyway, I, I, I will try to wrap this up one more time. So as always, thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. You've... Uh, You've really struggled on and we really appreciate it. But please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you can, please leave us a review. And as I mentioned earlier, should you want to get in touch with us directly, drop us an email to podcast at bikeradar.com. Right. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 